0: everyone, welcome to today's podcast where we're talking about the trauma of being overweight, something that I think everyone knows is there, but isn't really ever talked about explicitly. And I find this to be a core, core component of what needs to be dealt with for you to move forward um, because it can affect you in so many ways. So I think we all know, I mean, I would say, I mean, being overweight is one of the last things that you can really just be outwardly prejudiced with a person with you know, and, and rude and offensive. And, and it's, it's unbelievable. And and not only that, but a lot of times when people are, they, they care about you, are trying to motivate you. You know, they'll do it by saying mean things. And then you internalize all that stuff and then you're mean to yourself. And so it is just layers and layers of potential trauma. And I don't use that word lightly. Um, so what I mean when I say trauma specifically is I'm talking about your nervous system. You know, where when you, you, you have probably, if you've been overweight for any period of time, there have probably been literal experiences where someone said something to you or done something to you, situations where your sympathetic fight, flight, or freeze nervous system has been engaged. And it's probably happened multiple times. And now you're probably in your head talking to yourself, keeping yourself in that state. And the big problem is that when you get, once you kind of access this, it's very similar to like a phobia. So think about phobias for a second. What goes on is there's a situation where, you know, you'll say a spider. You see a spider and you have this response to it, right? And what is the response? Well, it's a fight, flight, or freeze response. And what happens is you associate that visual of the spider to that experience of that fight, flight, or freeze moment where maybe you froze, you know? And so when it comes to the weight loss, the same exact situation can happen. And we want to, um, hold on one second. And so, when it comes to when it comes to your weight, you have probably had these experiences where, literally, when you think about your weight now, anytime you're activating this sympathetic fight, flight, or freeze response within yourself, which is a traumatic response. And what happens in that specifically is that the blood goes from your brain down to your body. You become very reactive, very emotional. Um, you don't think clearly. You know, it's a very reactive, responsive state. And so, the alternative to that, and to deal with it is to intentionally bring yourself down, to reactivate your parasympathetic nervous system, your pause and plan, your rest and digest system, where you allow the blood to flow back up to your brain, where you can think more creatively, more solution-oriented-wise. You can have more perspective on the situation. Because a lot of times with the weight, people just keep activating the sympathetic nervous system. They keep keeping themselves in a traumatized state almost. And it's just never talked about. And so this is one of the very first things when I was doing hypnosis, I opened my hypnosis office and it was very, very obvious to me very quickly that one of the biggest benefits people were getting is that for the first time in at least a very long time, maybe ever, they were able to relax and calm down and then think about their challenges. And so I worked a lot with weight loss. So it was like the first time where they were able to calm down and relax and center themselves and think about their weight from a calm, relaxed perspective. And it made me realize this very early on that typically when people are thinking about their weight and how to lose weight, they're in this very hyperactivated responsive state. They're not thinking clearly. And this is what a lot of times leads people to do ridiculous diets, right? Because they're in this, this traumatic state where she says, I'll do anything. Just tell me what to do, you know, and they calm down and relax. Or if you see someone else, to, you know, do some crazy diets, you say, well, that's not going to work. Doesn't make sense we wonder how, how do people keep doing the same things? How do they keep trying the same diets, the same plans? They never work, but they keep trying them. How does this happen? How do you keep trying the same things over and over and over for decades? They never work, but you keep doing it. How do you explain this? And I think this is the explanation, that, that, that it's, it's really, you're not thinking clearly, to, to put it mildly, you know? And um, it's so prevalent too, you know, that this, this, this trauma from the overweight, you know, um, because it can be very, very emotional, you know? Again, it could be a stranger that some t- says something and it can just be, just destroy you, you know? Um, never mind if it's someone you know, you know? It literally, it, it just, it feels terrible. And so then we internalize it and we kind of live in this space. So what I'm suggesting to you first off is that you take some time and reflect on this. Is this something for you? Because I'm going to guess there are literally times that you can remember and that are crystal clear, even if they happened 20 years ago, times that you can remember exactly what was said and how it felt. That's a traumatic experience, okay? And again, this isn't about just being a victim. It's not that. It's about recognizing it and then dealing with it. Because first we recognize, is this something that's affecting you? And if it's not, fine. But if it is, it needs to be addressed and dealt with. You can't just ignore it. And so how do you deal with it? Well, there's a lot of ways to deal with it, but I will suggest the easiest, simplest, most effective way to at least get some relief from it is again to relax yourself, um, to connect to your body, to breathe. And what this does again is it activates your parasympathetic nervous system. Go for a walk out in nature, relax your body, calm down. Remember what that feels like, access that state, and then start thinking about What do you want to weigh? How do you want to feel? How do you want to look? Who do you want to be? But think about it from a calm, relaxed perspective, because I think what you're going to recognize is that thinking about it in that way is completely different than how you've been thinking about it. And I think you're going to recognize that there's a good chance that you have spent the last 10, 20, 40 years in a very, very reactive, traumatic state anytime you think about your weight. And the methods you've tried to lose weight kind of reflect that because they're not smart strategic things that you've been doing. They've been impulsive, overcorrections, dramatic, that don't last. And you keep trying them, the same thing. And that's not you. You're smarter than that and you can realize it once you calm down and relax and see what you've been doing. I think you're gonna recognize this. Okay, So take some time and activate your parasympathetic nervous system, relax, calm down, and then reflect on where you're at with your weight and where you want to go, and where you've been and what you've been doing. Okay, Because really, becoming a thin person, in essence, is a process of healing. There is a component of it where you're healing yourself. You have probably experienced a lot of physical, mental, and emotional pain because of the weight. There's a good chance, and so that needs to be healed. And you're going to find that once you begin to heal it, the whole process not only becomes more effective, but it becomes more enjoyable right from day one. Okay? So take some time and reflect on that, and I hope that helps you out. So if anyone has any questions, feel free to ask them. Let's see, Miss uh, Independent, hello. How are you doing? Sarah Helps-Stalins, thank you for sharing this appreciate that so hope everyone's doing well today we got a beautiful day here I'm in Massachusetts by the way I don't know if I ever mentioned that um, but it is man springs in full effect it's so nice even though it's cold this morning but now, now it's beautiful so yeah we're talking about weight loss and yeah that whole trauma thing I don't know I just been it's always there you know so it's like I really wanted to make a special um, podcast specifically with that does hypnosis help with self-sabotage um, yes yes Now, let me be specific, because my version of hypnosis is different than the norm, okay? I come up with a process called self-hypnotic programming, all right? So hypnosis is just the process of influencing your subconscious mind. And so clearly in that way, it's going to help with self-sabotage. But I want to reframe self-sabotage, because typically how people try— well, first, let me explain your mind, okay? Because most people really don't have much sense of your mind. And so you're trying to lose weight blind. Like, you're just winging it. You know, and so you have a conscious mind and you have a subconscious mind. The conscious part of your mind is the logical, rational part that wants you to lose weight, knows what you should do, tries to get you to do it. That's where your willpower is. And your subconscious mind is the part of your mind that runs all your habitual thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. So that's the part that's really in control of your weight. And so typically when people want to lose weight, what they're doing is they're trying to use their willpower to fight against their subconscious programming, you see? And so they're able to do this for a little while, typically, because in the beginning they're all fired up and excited. But eventually what happens is they can't keep it up. And the reason why is that your conscious mind is about 10% of your brain anatomically. And your subconscious mind is the other 90%. So your subconscious mind is just built to just run very efficiently. Your prefrontal cortex, the, the, that part of your mind, is um, your conscious mind, is very energy intensive. So, so it's not a fair fight. Okay. And so a lot of times when we say, well, well, I'm self-sabotaging myself, it's not, I don't agree with that framing um, because what I think is happening is that what people are trying to do is use their conscious mind to repress, to fight against their subconscious programming that runs automatically. And eventually that just fades away and they can't keep it up. And so is that self-sabotage or is that a bad strategy? I would say it's a bad strategy because, again, program yourself. Then what we're looking to do is use self-hypnotic programming. Now, I use hypnosis. There's a big hypnosis component to the program. But the core of it is using a, you using a two-minute self-hypnotic programming technique on yourself every night to program your subconscious mind so that you can kind of connect to the person you want to be and program your subconscious mind to do the things that are going to make you be the person you want to be. And so instead of fighting against your subconscious mind, you're reprogramming it. You're programming it to do the things you want it to do that'll give you the results you want to get. And so if you want to lose weight, you program it to eat different, to live different. And so once this happens, where I'm at now, my subconscious mind has been programmed to do, to live like a thin person. I think live and eat like a thin person on autopilot. Now there's some discipline. There. I don't make it sound like I don't have to tend to, my, to the garden here. Um, I do, but um, it's it's like brushing my teeth, is, is how I'll, I'll, I'll equate it, right? So when you brush your teeth, that's a great reference point because that's a subconscious program you have, right? So you may say, oh, I got to make sure I brush my teeth, but most of that behavior just runs on autopilot. You just do it when you do it. You wake up in the morning, you just do it. You know, go to bed at night, right before you do, you, you brush your teeth. So it's an automated behavior. That's a subconscious program. Now, if you look at your eating, it's the same thing, right? You're not just eating all day long, you know, you're sitting on the sofa at 8 o'clock at night after a hard day at work, and then the ice cream or the chips show up, you know. You're sitting at dinner, you're starving, and you're, then you're eating everything, you know. So it's like if you start looking at your behavior, you're going to start to realize they run in patterns. They're programs that run automatically. You don't have to remind yourself to eat the ice cream at night. It just kind of, you, you you just remember, you see. So um, again, self-sabotage, I think, that just that's not the phrasing I would use because it implies this idea that... um you know there's some part of you sabotaging yourself and the subconscious mind is not sabotaging you your subconscious mind is not logical and rational like your conscious mind if it was life would be a lot easier um what happens your subconscious mind just associates things together you know um it's very pavlovian and so if you sat on the sofa one night after work and ate some ice cream and really enjoyed that your subconscious mind says oh let's do that again tomorrow night you know so it's just doing things to make you feel better basically. It doesn't realize sometimes that the things you're doing in the moment to feel better have a long-term consequence. It doesn't think that way. It just thinks in the moment. And so what we want to do is we want to program new behaviors in. You know, Is it a good idea not to eat when it's dark outside? I'm a midnight snacker. Um, I mean, again, uh, technically it's not, it's not like you could eat at any time. You know what I mean? You could, you could only eat at night if you consume less calories. Okay, so that's the first thing. But that's technically, right? So i always say like, oh, calorie's a calorie. Well, that's very, very technical because the way that calorie's packaged, right, whether that calorie's coming in the form of sugar or whether that calorie's coming in the form of a vegetable, it's gonna have a completely different impact on your body, right? So um, eating at night, I don't like eating at night, you know, personally, um, but that's my preference. So again, the number one rule to program yourself then is that there's no right or wrong. There's only what works for you, you know? So um being a midnight snacker though is probably not going to be great for your weight loss. Um, however, you know you can change that in phases, because the main problem there is probably what you are snacking on. You know, so again, in the program we got the three R's of weight loss: there's reduce, replace, remove. Usually people just want to remove everything, you know, um, but reduce and replace is an option too. And so again, what I'm always trying to suggest to you all. You know, you're all usually in a diet mindset that's all or nothing. Everything's got to change. I'm going to change it all at once or I'm not going to do anything. And if you can let go of that and become all or something, it, it opens up a lot more strategies that are available to you. And you can pick the strategies that are right for the situation, the strategy that feels best for you, you know. Um, now, that being said, I used to snack. I wasn't a midnight snacker so much, but I used to snack. I'd eat dinner and I'd take an hour or so off and then I'd basically snack for two, three hours every night. You know, so obviously it's going to be hard to control my weight when that was the situation, you know. So um, <clears throat> so I got a handle on that. I love that, you know, I, and I, I consider intermittent fasting. It was That wasn't what I went into it. I did this 30 years ago. Um, it wasn't intermittent fasting then, but I didn't want to eat at night. And so I guess it's, and I don't ever know if technically if it's considered intermittent fasting because it's about 12, 14 hours. But I'll stop eating 6, 7 o'clock at night, and I won't eat till the next day. Now, let me just, the final thing I'll say about eating at night. The, one of the big reasons I don't like people eating at night is because a lot of times it's going to mess up your sleep. And that's probably the biggest reason I, I suggest to people not to eat at night is um, maybe there's two. There, there's your, How it's going to affect your sleep and your awareness. Your awareness is, is a bit lagging at night compared to during the day. So I like to compress my eating to when I'm most aware, energized, focused, all that. Um, but the sleep thing's the big one because if you're eating a, a bunch of snacks, processed, ultra-processed foods right before you go to bed, digestion's one of the biggest sources, uses of energy in your body. So it takes a lot of energy to digest that food, um, and it raises your core body temperature, okay? And so what triggers sleep is your body, your core body temperature drops a couple degrees, This is why if you take a shower, it helps you because you take a hot shower and then your body has to cool off so all the blood goes out to the extremities and you actually cool your core temperature off quickly. And that helps you go to sleep. So if you eat a lot of food and then you try and sleep, a lot of times it's gonna be a restless sleep, you know? And then you wake up the next morning tired and once you're tired, you know, forget it. Um, Sleep has a huge impact on your weight, just so you know. Um, It affects you, you know, hormonally. Um, It affects the way your body processes, blood sugar, your insulin resistance. I mean, they're just, I think they're just scratching the surface of, of what everything it does, but it's huge. So you really want to honor your sleep. You know, if you're serious about losing weight and being the healthy, the happy person you want to be sleep, sleep, um, optimization has got to be part of that. I, I don't know any anywhere around that, you know? Um, so in that sense, that would be the biggest reason why I would not want to eat. And I love it. That was such a big, I used to be a horrible sleeper right so i used to sleep like shit and i'd be really hot you know what i mean i was always i was a hot sleeper i slept terrible i couldn't fall asleep couldn't fall back asleep if i woke up it was, it was a nightmare and i just thought that's how it was and um then i stopped eating snacking at night after dinner and then i realized oh you know what i slept a lot better <laughs> so a lot of times the sleeping is um the sleeping is is th- there's other factors going on and and foods one of the big ones and obviously alcohol is another one because the alcohol affects your sleep as well, because the alcohol turns into sugar, right? And so, you know, you go to sleep and two hours later, it's like, you eat a candy bar, you know? And so that's not going to support your sleep. So if you start honoring your sleep and really optimizing it, that, that's again, that's a huge, huge way to really influence your, um, your, your weight, you know, and your eating. There's a lot of reasons. Um, but you'll notice that. I mean, if you if you have a bad night of sleep, notice that too. Like if you if you do have a, a poor night of sleep, notice if um Um Wait, someone, someone says I sleep so much better if I burn off energy throughout the day than I don't stay up and snack. Yeah. Right? Exactly. Um I, I it was such a game changer. I mean it was such a foundational shift for me to stop eating after dinner. Like like I, I can't even again, I'm trying to tell you this, it was before intermittent fasting. So I know a lot of people come to me, oh, what do you think about intermittent fasting? And I'm so like conflicted because like I, I kind of backed into it. It had a different purpose, but I but I loved how that felt like to give because that was the first time in my life I'd ever taken a break from eating for like a sustained period of time. And it was amazing to me. I, I love that feeling of just like not eating. I felt lighter. I just felt good. Um, And so, oh, what do you think about intermittent fasting? Well, I like my version of it and I don't mind the idea of it. I like a lot of the stuff about it, but I think sometimes people approach intermittent fasting like it's another diet. And so it's like so there's one tactic and there's no one tactic that's gonna make you lose weight. You know, your, your whole weight is it's a whole comprehensive system. You know what I mean? Like it's a, it's a whole network of factors that are influencing your weight. And so that's why no diet in and of itself is gonna make you lose weight long-term. You know, it's a holistic approach to really transforming how you think, how you live, and how you eat. Those are the three pillars of weight mastery and programming yourself. Then your mindset, lifestyle, and eating. And I make a pyramid shape because that's the order of importance. The bottom foundation piece is your mindset, then lifestyle, and then the eating strategies. And most people just try and change the eating strategies. And so it's not gonna last a long time, you know? Does sugar make you sweat during sleep? I mean, it, it does me, you know, and everyone's different though. So I never say... There's never one response for everyone, you know what I mean? We're all so different, and, and responses can be so different to things. Um, but I would say that, you know, I, I wouldn't want to eat much sugar before I go to bed because, um, you know, it's just glucose, it's energy. You don't know, get that burst of energy. And, and again, it, it's I don't think it's going to help you sleep, <laughs> you know. Um, but, but you know, hey, I'm saying what I'm saying, but then you go test it against your own experience. You know, see if that's the um, the experience you have. Um, But I I would, you know, and and again, this is part of the process, you know, again, with weight loss, everyone's all or nothing. So they just got to like stop eating sugar completely. But in this program, it's much more about, okay, you're thinking sugar might be a problem. Well, let's start paying attention to it first, you know, Um, start noticing that if you eat sugar, how do you feel the next day? Because you may not notice if you sleep well or not, you know, but notice the next day, how you feel? Do you feel refreshed? Do you feel like you slept well? You know, start paying attention to that. Right? And, and that starts to change the way you think about things, which is more important. How can I maintain my weight after having lost so much? Oh, that's a great question. Um well, you know, again, and in, in, in where I'm always coming from, and if you ever listen to me, um, program yourself then is really about weight mastery. I always joke that's the number one weight mastery program on the market because it's probably the only one. And so you got your work cut out for you in a sense that losing the weight is just you know you lose the weight and it takes a couple of weeks or months or maybe years and then that's it then, then you're going to live at that weight for the rest of your life is the goal and so what do you have to change well you've got to change your mindset you know that that's the key thing and um to change your mindset it all starts with changing your self-image right because i've done over five thousand private weight loss sessions people that have lost weight and then put it back on i said well, what happened and it's always some version of i didn't feel like myself you know so understand that if you've been overweight for a period of time you've built this identity as an overweight person you function in the world as an overweight person you know people respond to you as the overweight person so that becomes your identity and so again in programming yourself then one of the very first things we do is is redefine the self image and right from day 1 we go to work on thinking of yourself as a new person okay and so that's what you have to do now you know now that you've lost the weight you need to start really beginning to do the inner work of thinking of yourself as a thin, healthy person, not an overweight person, just lost some weight. So important, right? Um, Because again, I mean, I I don't want to get into too much detail with this whole thing, but it's like a lot of times people lose the weight. And again, with weight loss, it's all built around weight loss. You just want to lose the weight as quick as possible. In Program Yourself Thin, it's about how can you get to your goal weight and live the rest of your life at your goal weight. So right off on day one with Program Yourself Thin, it's all about maintenance. It's all about mastering your weight not just about weight loss, okay? And so you're stepping into that now because you've lost the weight now and you have to understand that your whole mindset around weight is about losing it. Being unhappy with your weight, losing it. Being unhappy with it, losing it. And people flip flop between those two, you know? And so you have to develop a new pathway, a new identity, a new, you know, kind of reality for yourself where you're mastering your weight, where you live at your goal weight for the rest of your life on your autopilot. That's the goal. And so that's how you move forward with it. Um, Thank you for what you do. I so appreciate it. You are welcome. I'm really glad. That's why I do it. I appreciate that. Um, how you feel about Wagovia? I don't like it. I don't like it at all. Um, and, you know, if you if you got type 2 diabetes and it's a treatment for that, then I guess, you know, I'll, I'll leave that alone. I'm not referring to that. I'm referring to using it for weight loss, you know. Jeez, um, Louise is... Plus, you know, here's the thing, and I, I haven't heard anyone mention this stuff yet, but what these medicines do is they... They're for type 2 diabetics. They aren't producing the insulin anymore that they need, right? Because what's happening? I'm just going to go from the basics. I think a lot of people don't have an intuitive sense of what diabetes is. So what happens is, with type 2 anyways, is that people, you know, in our modern society, we, we, can, we can crank up our blood sugar so easily now, right? I mean, most foods that you're eating out of a box or a bag are going to spike your blood sugar, a lot of them. And so um, you spike your blood sugar, and then as soon as you do that, it's toxic and inflammatory, so your body releases insulin from your pancreas to clear the glucose out of your blood, okay? Now, the insulin's toxic and inflammatory at a high level as well, okay? So now you got two levels of that. And so eventually what happens is they're create, there's insulin resistance, right? So the cells get less resistant. Think about like the insulin is like a key that unlocks the cell and pushes the glucose in there. Cause all the cells of your body can use glucose for energy. And so eventually, you know, you unlock the door so much the key starts to get worn, right? And now get insulin resistance. And so as insulin resistance, now your body needs to make more insulin, okay? Um, to do the same job eventually what happens is the cells of the pancreas, they can't produce the insulin anymore. Now we have type two diabetes. Okay. And so what these medicines do is they release more insulin into your body, you know? And so, um, you know, it, it's not solving the problem. It's a, it's a aid. you know, the way it helps people lose weight is it makes you feel nauseous, you know, it's like, Oh, it gets rid of the food noise. Yeah. Cause you feel nauseous all the time. You know, I've got some clients using it. Um, it's not a pleasant thing. And, uh, you know, what ends up happening is you're never treating the actual core of the problem, you know? You're not treating the, the way you're eating that keeps spiking the blood sugar. You're just, again, putting another Band-Aid on an open wound here. Um, and you're you're taking this medicine that causes more insulin into your body. But again, the effect it have on you, if you wanna lose weight and you're not too, too diabetic, makes you feel nauseous and helps you lose weight because you don't wanna eat, right? And it's an injection that, you know, right on the label, it's saying it, it may cause thyroid tumors and um, then you have to be on the medicine. Yeah, Jill, you just said that, right? You have to be on the medicine forever. You know, it's like a statin in a sense, you know? So you have to take it forever, you know, or just put the weight back on. So again, I understand people are desperate to lose weight, but um, th- th- those injections are not the way I would ever suggest anyone, you know? I-, I don't know, you know? Again, I always suggest mindset. I don't-, I don't know how you would ever, all that stuff. Everything's mindset, you know? The mindset is the biggest thing affecting you forever, um, with, with your weight, you know, um, it's more important than your metabolism, your genetics, your hormones, your diabetes, your menopause, your Hashimoto's, all of it, your mindset's the most important thing. And most people have no clue about it or how to influence or change it, you know? And that, that's really my whole focus. Um, Jill says, healthy eating has changed my whole life, not body, mind, too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's the thing. I mean, again, I always say you want to take your weight loss and wrap it in personal development. You really want to make the weight loss process um, more about becoming the best version of yourself possible, okay? Because you tap into a lot more motivation than just wanting to lose weight. Um, And so, you know, if you do it that way, you just, there's a lot more reasons why you'd want to eat well, live healthy, do all these things, you know, and right now you don't have enough reasons, you know, which is why you're struggling with motivation. You're not motivated. You know, you, you don't even auto motivate yourself. Most likely, again, I always say this, that, um, you sit there thinking about losing weight all day long and you have no motivation to actually make it happen. You know, and you, again, because you never think about mindset, you're just hoping that some magic cure comes along, you know, and instead of just doing some of the work of figuring out how to under, you know, run your mindset, how to change it. The weight loss medication, surge is scary because people are not educating themselves on it yeah you're right Kristen. i i know and it's i get fucking irritated i i don't i don't know like i just don't get it you know how many times can we go through this with the, the magic medication and i mean that's why this one's crazy to me because it's like i saw the ad some somewhere online and it's like there's the big headline and then like right under it's a, another it's not quite a big headline but it's like a sub headline and it's like that's the one that's like oh it might cause thyroid tumors and you're like god You know, it's like people do anything except like do the mindset work and really like just put the work in to just master their weight, you know, just obsessed with shortcuts, you know, society obsessed with it. And, um, I feel bad on one hand because I know it's, it's, I don't blame anyone. It's just, it's a consequence of a whole lifetime of programming from diets. You know, you've been exposed, I've been exposed to millions of diet ads in our lives, you know, and it makes you think about weight loss in a certain way that keeps you stuck being overweight. And then like just being, you know, hoping this drug will do it, fix it. The surgery will fix it. Um, always looking for a shortcut, you know? And um, just like anything else, you know, like it's like, it's like if all you cared about, like it's just you want to make money, but all you would do is get rich quick schemes, you know? And that's what you're like with the weight. That's what a lot of people are like anyways. And um, I feel bad for, it. I mean, that's why I do this stuff for free. I, I get out here, I do all these TikToks and the lives and I do all, all, all podcasts, all this stuff for free every day. Because for me, weight is life and death. You know, my my dad died at 54 of a heart attack. So to me, this isn't just about looking good in a bathing suit. It's about living as long as you possibly can and then having the best quality of life during those years, you know? And so that's why I do this stuff for free because I I don't want you to die early and leave your family or people that love you before you have to. I don't want you to feel like shit because you're not happy with your weight, you know? That's how I look at it. But again, I mean, you know, I'm up against... This whole diet mindset, everyone's got it, you know? And um, yeah, the only thing that anyone cares about is just losing weight quickly, you know? And even if you've been trying to lose weight quickly for 30 years and it hasn't worked, you still just won't give it up. You know what I mean? I just want fast results, you know? And I don't know. I mean, I do what I can, but it, it does get annoying because it's like people, this might be you. And again, I, I love you all. So I want you to say it's coming from a place of love. It really is. Um, but it's like you're. It's like people are a bunch of babies. I always I use the reference of like if you had an eight year old kid that you wanted to play the piano and you said, listen, I'm gonna get I want you to learn the piano, I'm gonna get you some lessons. The kid goes, I don't want to do that. Well, okay, fine, I'll do it for two weeks. But if I'm not, you know, if I'm not good after two weeks, I'm not gonna do it anymore. You know? And if the kid said that, would you be like, yeah, you're you're right. That's how you should go about it. If you're not good in two weeks, forget it, we're done. Is that what you'd say to him? No, right? You'd be like, no, nah, it takes a little. While. I guess it's gotta practice. You stick with it, right? And then when, it, well, how are you approaching your weight loss? Right? you're like that eight-year-old kid, you're like a baby. If you don't get results in a couple of days or a couple of weeks, well, forget it. You know, and it's like you've been doing that and you're stuck in that. Again, I don't blame you, but sometimes you need a little tough love. That it's you're acting like a baby, <laughs> for real, right? You're so conditional. If you don't lose weight in a couple of weeks, like how, you're gonna stick with it? No, right? And that's the problem. You're you're all or nothing, and you're all time. You like you're all for a couple of days, and then you're nothing for months and years. And this is why you're getting no results. Most likely, you know, um, 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 lots of money for the pharmaceutical companies to make off of people wanting a quick fix. Oh, Kristen, you're right. And listen, I always, this is the video I, I'm, I'm forever going to talk about. I don't know if I'm ever going to make it. I got to make this video. I call it the obesity conspiracies. There's three big players keeping you overweight. The food companies, obviously, because um, the food companies are cigarette companies. It's the same thing, right? 1970s, the cigarette companies, you know, they were linking cigarettes to cancer. They wanted to divest. RJ Reynolds, guess what they bought into? Craft food, okay? And so the cigarette companies inundated the, the food, you know, processing world. And they brought their same philosophy of addictive products and aggressive marketing. And so we got the food companies, and then we got the diets, which is the same thing. It's the food companies. Do you know that Weight Watchers was owned by Heinz? Jenny Craig was owned by Nestle. Atkins Food Products is owned by the same company that owns Onions, Pretzels, and Cinnabon. Um, the company that owns Slim Fast is the same company that owns Ben & Jerry's Ice Cream. So who are you learn how to lose weight from? <laughs> ben & Jerry's, right? Heinz, uh, you know what I mean? You wonder why you're so confused and can't lose any weight? Well, look who you're trying to learn from. You know, and so you got this diet mindset, it's keeping you stuck, pinned being overweight. You know, um, and then there's the, the medical establishment. And um, again, I don't, I don't think doctors are out there to hurt anyone, but I think the system itself is a system that really makes all of its money off of treating symptoms. And they're a huge part of their money is treating people with overweight and obesity related illnesses and diseases. It's the number one cause of preventable death at this point. You know, so you got to take it upon yourself to free yourself mentally from the prison you're in. You know, you've got to because you're not going to get any help from any. There's not going to be a drug because <laughs> like, there's too much money made off of selling the food, selling the diets and selling the medications to treat it in your lifetime. I doubt it. If that's what you're hanging your hat on. Don't say you weren't warned. You're warned at this point, right? So, yeah, the quick fix. You're, you're obsessed with quick fixes and um, it's never going to work. It has never worked and it's never going to. Because it's not anywhere close to a solution. I offer a solution. (laughs) I've been doing this for 20 years. Uh, I've done over 5,000 private weight loss sessions. I know what a solution looks like. And you're nowhere close to it with the conventional weight loss methods of diets, um, crazy workouts, uh, medicines, surgeries. Nope, 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 nope. Sugar cravings are so hard. Um, Yeah, they are. They are hard. Again, you got to be strategic with them. You got to manage sugar like you would alcohol, right? It's that simple. Stop thinking of sugar like it's like, little oh, kid lollipops. I want to be a little kid again. It's just a benign little substance. You know how much money spent on getting you to think about sugar that way, you know, instead of thinking like cocaine? Right? It's just like cocaine. It's a powder that lights up your pleasure center just like cocaine does, you know? It's the closest thing food-wise to cocaine. So yeah, yeah, of course it's hard. <laughs> right people get out how do i deal with sugar cravings well i don't know how would you deal with cocaine cravings you know what i mean what you, i don't know what i gonna tell you gonna, i got a hypnotic trance i can put you in that, that make you not physically respond to sugar you know now i say this that this gets my second point that that managing and mastering your weight is really a process of a managed it's a managed addiction you know which is pff, especially if you're an american you fucked because what are we? But think one way or the other way. above <laughs> a black or white, right? They've got a so conditioned. They go I'm one way, then this way. And so it's like, well, sugar's cocaine. I gotta stop eating it completely, you know, or I'm not gonna think about it at all. This is kids. Kids eat it. It's fine, you know. So you have to get good with the gray space, which is not an American quality, I would say, at this point in time. So it's like I'm sitting here talking about sugar being like cocaine, and then I give it to my kids. Oh, that's weird. That's weird. But that's the kind of space you gotta occupy if you wanna master your weight. I think, you know, Um, but yeah, they are hard. Helen says solution to the mindset cycle of losing weight and feeling overweight, going between the two. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah. Okay, Helen. And I'll I'll sum it up for you real quick, right? It's all or nothing. And, And in our program, it's all or something. You know, I just made a video on this. So most people are all or nothing, right? And so you're doing nothing, and all of a sudden, you know, you step on the scale, you see a picture of yourself, The clothes don't fit, someone says something mean to you, you gotta go to the doctors. Now let's like, say I'm gonna lose the weight, and you're like, gonna do, I'm gonna do all, I'm gonna put myself in a ketosis. <laughs> I'm gonna go to ketosis. I'm gonna stop eating 16 hours a day, And a couple of days a week. I'm just gonna stop eating. Yeah, okay. And so you do that for a couple of days or a couple of weeks maybe, and then you stop doing, you go back to nothing, and there you go. There's your, there's your your cycle, right? So the suggestion I'd make to you is that you become all or something. That The secret to weight loss is not to jump from here up to here all the time and forever be here because you're never going to do that. The secret is to raise the bottom. This makes you lose weight too in a much more sustainable way. They think still be all sometimes, but this is the secret. Not, nothing to something all the time. Stop opting out of your weight completely. You know, you have to get on a never ending path. Of, of always doing something. Now, sometimes you're better and sometimes you're worse. That's just natural. But you're not, you have no, talk about a mindset, you have no mindset for how to be something, right? You're all or nothing. Again, it's a diet mindset because they know the quickest way to get you to overeat and, and eat more food is to get you to restrict it intensely for a little while, which is what you keep doing. So again, being all or something is the way you suggest that you, you fix that. Um, I eat even when I'm not hungry. Um, yeah, so I mean, you probably, you probably have, I, I mean, all overweight issues really come down to emotional eating. Because if you didn't emotionally eat, you would just eat for nourishment, and you'd eat enough and then you'd stop, okay? And again, just back to the conspiracy shit, we're conditioned to use food as the number one way to manage our, mo- our uh, emotions, you know? So yeah, I would imagine that you're eating when you're not hungry because you're using it to either mostly run away from emotions you don't like feeling, You probably feel depressed, stressed, frustrated, angry, whatever negative emotion you feel. And then the food becomes a way to take a break from that for a little while. It's a distraction, you know? Um, And so until you learn how to deal with actual emotion, that's what I had to do, you know? 30 years ago, I was was 54 pounds heavier and I was binge drinking and I was just lost. And why? Well, I don't know. I mean, why was I doing it? I don't know I wanted to stop it, but I kept doing it. Why? Um, Deep down, emotional wise, I was upset. My dad had died, and I never dealt with any of that. My mom, God bless her, the best mom in the world, who just worked miracles to raise me and my brother. But she didn't know the emotional stuff, right? So her her solution was, I just don't don't feel sad, you know. And so I just stuff all that shit down. And so there's so much emotion there that I can't even I, I have no tools to deal with it, and it's just eating me up inside. And I'm doing everything I can externally to distract myself from it: obsessive TV watching, obsessive eating, obsessive drinking. You know just so do have to feel those emotions think about them and so what changed it well i started doing yoga i started doing meditation i started being able to interface with those emotions naturally genuinely and so a lot of that that pressure faded away still didn't change habits you know and all that but that was a core component to it so that may be something that's affecting you um so how do you eat um how do i eat so in the program what i always recommend is a five two model right five days of clean eating a week two days of pleasure eating yeah, and that's really the the general structure, and um, it's a process. I mean, you keep evolving again. Now, you can't imagine this, but it's like I didn't just start out eating the way I eat now. I would have never been able to do that. I would have overwhelmed myself, and I would have just kept eating the way I always did. And so I systematically just kept improving, um, you know, how I eat. And so how I eat now, I mean, in general, I eat almost exclusively natural foods, like like not processed, ultra processed foods. I don't eat fast food. Um, I don't eat like a lot of container bagged foods, you know? Um, so I like to keep my food natural. That's probably rule number one in my mind, you know? And then, um, yeah, I look to eat clean those five days and then, uh, I I eat for pleasure And, and that model helps me out a lot. Um, but yeah, I mean, I try to get as much nutrient density and variety in my body as possible. But let me get I know you want specifics. So Monday through Friday for breakfast, a lot of times I'll eat like Ezekiel bread, which is, it's not flour bread. You want to avoid flour as much as possible. So my clean eating, there's three things I'm avoiding, flour, sugar, and processed food. That's the goal. Doesn't mean I don't eat those things necessarily, but I'm really looking to, to minimize and eliminate those as much as possible. And so Ezekiel bread, natural peanut butter, an apple with peanut butter is a usual breakfast I'll have Monday through Friday. Um, for lunch, Monday through Thursday, I'll have a big salad. Like you can watch a video, you can see what it looks like. It's a big salad, you know, with, you know, six, seven, eight different vegetables and, and greens and stuff in there. Um, and then maybe I'll have a peanut butter with, with some banana. Um, then I'll have dinner. You know, again, dinner, it just changes night to night, but it's, it's always whole foods. Like last night, I like, Farro and um, mushroom. Um, I don't know exactly what it was, but it was really good. You know, so so it's usually you know it's a grain, protein, vegetables. You know, typically. And then on the weekend, I eat more. I'll eat pasta, um, burritos. You know, just, just whatever. It's still it's still whole food though. Like I real I don't like to. The reason I'm able to not eat like ninety percent of the bullshit that's out there is because I've educated myself to what that stuff does to your body. So I don't want to. It's not hard for me. Like again, let me put it this way: If you're a non-smoker watching this, it's not because you're fighting cigarette cravings all day, right? You don't have cigarette cravings because the way you think about cigarettes, there are no cravings. You think they're disgusting, so you have no cravings for them. You're not using willpower to fight the cravings all day long. You just don't have them. So when you change your mindset and how you think about food, that that removes a lot of the unhealthy cravings right there. Something else. I don't know why. Why in depressed condition I ate so much? Sir, what is the reason? Yeah, when, when, again, as I was just saying this, I mean, we're conditioned to use food as the primary emotional management strategy. So if you feel depressed, yeah, what are you going to do? You're not, Listen, we're not in a society that teaches you how to deal with depression effectively, genuinely. There's just so much money to be made off of you turning to food, drugs, anything other than actually solving it, you know? And food's the biggest one of all. So... So that's the reason, you don't have any better strategy than food to not feel depressed when you feel depressed, you know? It doesn't make you feel better, but in the moment it is, it, food is literally a pain reliever, like literally the way it affects your brain, it's a pain reliever. So if you're feeling depressed, it's, it's A, it's a distraction because you're doing something different, and B, it literally creates a chemical pain relief in your body, so that's why. And so the solution isn't to stop emotional eating, because that's, that's not a solution that just eliminates you know, the, the eating part, but you're still not dealing with the emotional piece. So the, the solution becomes how do what, what can I do when I feel depressed? Wh- what are some strategies I can use? That have nothing to do with food that would actually help me. You don't have any of those right now, you know? And if you do, they're not good, you know, because once you get one, that's good, you'll do that because it'll feel better because the food's not making you feel better. You know, in the moment, it makes you feel a little bit better. But when you zoom out a little bit and look at the, the bigger picture, you realize that food's not helping you feel less depressed it's not making you feel happy you know so again perspective of how you look at things is such a huge part of this whole thing you know what do you do if you can't stop gaining weight because of medications it's frustrating yeah that sucks um that's hard uh hold on a second I'm gonna <coughs> excuse me um my dog looking at me um, um, um yeah it sucks the, the way the medications it's tough um What I would say is, you know, it's still in almost every situation, even the medications, it still is what you're eating, you know? And so it's important to distinguish between there's medications we can take that make us hungrier. And so we start eating more. There's medications that change how we're, you know, processing food and all that. And that can make us so they're eating the same amount, but now we're putting more weight on. Um, but ultimately it comes down to what we're putting in our mouth. And I'm not saying it's not, it's, it's extra hard for you with the medication. So I'm acknowledging that, okay? But I still want you to be, feel a sense of control, that, that you still have some power to influence it. And that influence is going to come through what you're putting in your mouth, primarily, you know, more than the exercising. And so I say that to you only to reveal that even on medications, you still have some influence over your weight, Okay. And it's hard for me to answer that without knowing the specific medications and effects and all that. Um, what strategies? I'm not sure what you're referring to. Um, 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 um. Um, my substance use and unhealthy eating was a positive feedback loop that fueled each other. Oh, yeah, sure, sure. That's what I mean. I did the same thing. I, I was using alcohol at the time, but I, I, would, I would just keep rotating all day between um, you know drinking and then eating. And, and it was just, it's it, it a perpetual numb state, you know? And that was primarily, because I, I, again, I told you, I, I had so much pain inside me. I didn't, I didn't, if I stopped doing those things, I would just experience the pain, you see? So which brings me to a point, I want you to remember this, that your your negative behaviors always have a positive intention behind them, right? And so once you can recognize those positive attention, intentions, that's what puts you on the road to real solutions. You know, so you say, okay, well, I'm using the food and the alcohol to deal with the, the pain I have in me. Right. And so once I recognize that, that's freeing because now I can ask the question what are some other ways I can deal with this emotional turmoil inside of me? You know, and that just leads you down a path. Now, again, your path will be different than mine. My path led me to yoga, meditation, being able to calm myself down and and interface with the the horrible things that have happened and the horrible thoughts that I could have that would trigger me, you know, and now I can sit with them and, and not be triggered you know and that's the biggest difference for me um, but it all came by being able to deal with what was going on inside of me you know um, in that case what should i do recommend me bless you what, what were you forget virtual question oh depressed condition oh oh strategy okay well when you're depressed okay now again i, I don't know you enough so i don't i don't want to i don't want to sound flippant here okay but i'm going to throw out some ideas of, of people i've worked with that have been very depressed okay and what happens you have to understand so when i say something like that sounds so casual and simple. You'd be like, oh, well, no shit. But a lot of times when you're in a real depressed state, you're missing the most obvious things that are right in front of you. And that's from direct experience, okay? So um, I don't know. I mean, again, I don't know your situation where you live and all the rest of it, but I'll give you some examples of what I'm talking about. Um, there's there's when you feel depressed all of a sudden, you want strategies for that, right? So maybe going for a walk. Maybe, I, again, I'm, I'm saying something, you're like, oh, that, that sounds stupid. But it's like, you have to tailor it to yourself. So I don't know what you like to do, you know? Um, So for me, when I'm depressed, a lot of times I'm depressed, I'll go sleep. I know people, oh, I'm just gonna sleep all the time, that's depression. Well, it's not for me, okay? So so again, that's what I mean. It's it's very hard to answer these questions because I don't know your specific situation. Um, Going for a walk, getting outside, going for a hike, calling up a friend, drawing, reading, playing a musical instrument, um, you know doing some chores around the house, accomplishing some things, you know? There's any number of things that can make you feel better. Like once you completely feel better about yourself, you know? Um, and the other one is that you start creating a lifestyle that helps minimize the depression before it, it escalates, you know? So those would be my suggestions. And I know they're a little unsatisfying because I, I don't know your specific situation. And In my world, everything is, it's important that things are custom made for the person, you know? Which is one of the challenges of doing these, these lives. I'm just getting vague you know, feedback or, or questions, and I'm just trying to answer them best I can. Um, what strategies do you recommend for preventing emotional eating? Like walking? um No, no. The strategies. I mean, yeah, I'm just walking could be one, but more specifically, there's different types of emotional eating. Okay. Um, there's, you know, you could be emotional eating. You could be at your home from work, and you're just exhausted and overwhelmed, and you just want to. You, you've now got this habit of unwinding and. Um, it, 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 you're like unwinding and recovering is is you sitting on the sofa eating, and so there's that emotional eating. Um, there could be the emotional eating of you getting really upset about money, you know, and then all of a sudden you start over. So you know, what I mean, like there's just so many different emotional eatings. But I will say this, and again, you have to understand that, that in my world, in, in the program, self awareness always precedes change. So self awareness is the number one thing we're working on. Okay, and so when we apply that to emotional eating, emotional eating usually has different kind of flavors to it, okay? So for example, if you're emotional eating at night, there's a good chance that it's it's a certain emotion you're looking to avoid. I'll give you a common one. It's not uncommon for someone, you know, they're a single person and at night they're eating and we dig into it and it's because they feel lonely. They don't feel any connection to anyone, okay? And so if that's the main driver of that emotional eating pattern, then the question becomes, how can I feel more connected? How can I feel, um, you know, a, a rapport and a relationship with someone, you know? And so it starts there and then you, you start, well, maybe I could go volunteer here. I could do this, I could do that, you know, and get around people, you know? Um, maybe I could call someone and just talk to them on the phone. You know what I mean? Like, again, I don't want you to, don't get focused on the specifics of what I'm saying. I want you to recognize the process I'm describing to get to the solutions. Okay, again, this doesn't make sense for most people because with the diet thing, you just want me to tell you what to do. But I'm telling you my program, again, there's a 60 page workbook you go through where you fill in the blanks. So you create your own weight mastery blueprints, mindset, lifestyle, eating. You've got to customize your solutions and strategies to you, you know? So I can't just sit here and say, oh, just do this. Well, I don't know you. I don't know what your situation is, you know? So the the solution has to be tailored to you, your situation, what's going to work best for you, right? So I so understand that. Um, sir, if you have diet plan, I'm trying to lose weight. Um, I don't have a diet plan. I have a weight mastery program and it's like, it's like a college course compressed into eight weeks where you learn how to create a process that puts you on the path of weight mastery. Okay. There is no plan yet. You've got to create your plan. I can't give you a plan. I don't even know you. I don't know what you, what if I told you to eat like me? You, you know what I mean? Like, like you got, we got to stop doing that you know, with the weight loss thing, this idea that you're going to just take a diet plan from someone who you've never met, doesn't know you. And you're just going to start eating like they eat, like they told you to eat, you know, like, would you do that in the area of your life? Would you let me tell you how to dress? You tell me what kind of movies that you should watch, what kind of music you should listen to, right? Like, you let me tell you how to eat, you know, don't do that. You start saying, how can I eat in a way that, that resonates with me and gets me the weight loss results I'm looking for. You know, you gotta start asking that question. Now I know it's a it's a longer, harder path than than me just telling you, oh, just do this. You think, you know? <laughs> However, you know, folks, where are you at? Where are you at following someone else's plan blindly? How's that working out for you? You know, where you just like, you know, listen to what they say and try and do it, and then you do it for a little bit and then you can't keep it up. I mean, how long have you been doing that for? You know? Yeah, so good. I'm glad you understand that. So again, I'm I'm giving you the answers, but they're not it's not, I'm not, it's not what I'm telling you to do in terms of the strategy. It's in terms of the process. It's the questions I'm asking you. That's, that's the gold here, okay? You need to have a process. Most of your thinking is in response to questions you're asking, and the questions you're asking are shit. I promise you this. If you're struggling with your weight, the prime culprit is you're asking shitty questions. The primary one being, what's wrong with me? How come I can't stick to a plan? Why can't I lose weight? Why can't I eat better? Why can't I get myself to do the right things? You're obsessed with those types of questions and they're keeping you stuck right where you're at. So you need to change the quality of your questions to change the quality of your thinking, which leads you to come up with better strategies that fit you like a glove. And then once you have that, that's way easier to, to keep going, to maintain it, you know? But no one you're never taught to think that way. So, let me just mention this that if you if you're new here, you haven't done this yet, click my bio And um, I give you a free hypnosis session, okay? I'd start there. Um, It's a session designed to get you really fired up and motivated, help you connect to your goal body, your goal um, outcome that you want. And um, then once you sign up for that, there's a training I give you, Three Steps to Master Your Weight. Yeah, you ought to watch that. (laughs) Um, It's about 30 minutes, but if you're even remotely serious about losing weight, uh, that's something you should really do, you know, is watch that. Because what you're trying to do is you're trying to lose weight with a dieting mindset. And, um, they're kind of mutually exclusive, I would say, you know, because a dieter just thinks about, they think of themselves as an overweight person. And then they think, how can I lose the weight being an overweight person? Uh, you can't, you know, you're always going to live up or down to your self image. And if you're overweight, it's because you have an overweight self image. You think of yourself as an overweight person, you know? So you need to change how you think about yourself. If you ever have any chance of, of living at a lower weight um, long-term, you know, you can't just try and force yourself to be different or to act different. I should say, you know, it's not going to work again. I always say program yourself Then's an inside out approach to weight mastery and everything you've been doing is an outside in approach. You think, well, once I lose the weight, then I'll be a different, different person. I'll be a different version of myself. Um, and that, that is not true necessarily, you know, it could spontaneously happen but it almost never does this is why 95% of people that lose weight put it back on how do you explain that you know they did it they lost the weight why didn't they keep it off you know I think it's because people are fixated on losing weight you say that to yourself like a mantra you know what I mean like I just want to lose the weight I just want to lose the weight I just want to lose the weight well what do you do once you lost the weight and you can't lose anymore what do you say then Right. What do you do when you don't get the excitement of the scale going down anymore and you don't have all that food you used to eat? What do you do? You know? you, you have no idea and um, your results show that I mean and again I'm not saying this as a rude person. I don't want you to, I'm not coming out here to be an. asshole. I'm here to try and snap you snap you awake you know stop fucking doing what you're doing. It's not working you know and um, there's there's an alternative. You know, and the alternative is simple as click on my bio and go get a hypnosis session and listen to it. Oh, I don't know. I couldn't be hypnotized. Stupid. Well, what you're doing is fucking stupid. If it ain't working and you keep doing it, that's the stupid thing. right? You're right. Thank you. I appreciate you saying that, you know. So that's why I get out here because I know, I know I'm bringing you a different perspective on weight than you ever hear. And it's hard to even believe that you're hearing a different perspective, isn't it? Because every perspective is virtually the same. It's always this willpower based approach and whether it's a diet plan or a workout plan, it's always some extreme thing where you have to like use your willpower to force yourself to all of a sudden act totally different you know and it never lasts you can't keep it up you never you never focus on maintenance you never focus on mastering your weight. My goal is to, for you to get to your goal weight and live the rest of your life at your goal weight that whole goal is you've never articulated that goal once you know. And so it's like I've articulated a completely different goal and everything I teach is is on that path. And so I, the main point I'm gonna make to you is that you haven't thought about that once. All you care about is just losing weight as quick as possible. And so you have all these short-term quick fixes that you keep trying to, to do and they don't work, but you keep doing them because you don't realize there's something else. I'm here showing you there's something else, you know? And um, you know, it's up to you where you go from there, you know? I did I did hypnosis last year and it didn't work for me, but I did hypnosis many years ago and it worked. Yeah, okay. So, so the thing is, like, that's the big thing I learned because I did hypnosis and it worked for some people, it wouldn't work for others. And I was like, forget this. This is making me crazy. I can't build a business this way. And so I really went to work. It's been twenty constant years of working with people. I've done over five thousand private weight loss sessions. And what I found is the key thing: there is a hypnosis component, which I think is a supplement. Hypnosis is really, really powerful. Um, so my program, every you know, comes through your phone. Um, And so every morning you start with a five minute hypnosis session. For eight weeks, every day it's a different hypnosis session with a different weight loss mantra in it. So you start every day, five minutes, calm down, positive suggestions. And then at night you use a two minute technique to program yourself, which I'm gonna get to in a second. And then there's a 10 minute hypnosis session if you wanna listen to a sleepnosis session that you listen to as you're going to sleep. And that's another core weight loss mantra. So that's very effective in programming your mind. And I know that's a way more in depth hypnosis process than you went through last year or the time before. But the key component of this, of my program, is you need to know what to do and how to get yourself to do it. So there's a workbook, which is your weight mastery blueprints, your mindset, lifestyle, and eating blueprints that you fill in the blanks that work for you. And then to get yourself to do it is the magical technique here. The Program Yourself Thin Technique It's a two-minute self-hypnotic programming technique. All hypnosis is self-hypnosis. You need to understand how to program your subconscious mind if you're ever going to have any chance of changing. And that's what this technique does. It's actually technically two techniques. It's a redo and rehearsal technique. But you use this hypnotic technique to program your subconscious mind to become the person you want to be. And it's a process you do every night. And just like brushing your teeth, it takes a minute or two. It's easy. It's fun. And um, it's the consistency of practicing being the person you want to be that leads you down the path of mastery. So instead of winging it, is this going to work? Is this going to work? Oh, is this going to work? It's like, there's none of that shit. You're either going to do it, it's going to work, or you're not going to do it, it's not going to work. It's that simple, you know? Um, it's like playing a musical instrument. If you keep practicing, you get good at it. If you do anything, you keep doing it, you get good at it. With your weight loss, you do it, and then you stop doing it because you didn't get good at it, you know? And it's because it's all or nothing. My program's built to be all or something. And the corner, the thing that keeps you anchored into the process is this two-minute technique every night, you know? So you need that. But anyways, I got to get out of here, everyone. I got a coaching call. That's another part of my programs. We have actual coaching calls. Can you imagine? <laughs> Moving people forward. So, all right, everyone. Have a super day. Again, go to my bio. Click that link. Get that hypnosis session and watch that training. Um, my podcast is Program Yourself. Dance on all the podcast um, things. YouTube is Jim Kitsulas. I have another TikTok. It's Jim Kitsulas as well. Um, check out. I got some videos coming out. And I uh, appreciate you for being here. Thank you very much, everyone. Have a great day.